Welcome back, Freedom Junkies, to another episode of Freedom Junkie Radio, the podcast where we bring more freedom into your life in any way we can find. Today, my guest is Joseph Bender. He is an expert on water. He's been in the water purification and enhancement world for over 39 years. He has brought innovation to many industries by translating the unseen mysteries of water into products that connect people to more vibrant health and happiness. Joseph founded the Institute of Advanced Water Sciences, which brings interdisciplinary science uh, in the fields of physics, biochemistry, biophysics together to discuss and publish papers on the anomalous properties of water. He has had the privilege of working with the top water and functional beverage researchers worldwide. He has developed quantum learning systems, which is a super learning technology for teaching people access to their genius. And he's currently developing a super learning program that allows people to effortlessly learn new languages. He's also into developing AI and robotics technologies, resonance field physics, sculpting architectural models, and many other creative endeavors. That And if that weren't enough, today we're going to be discussing whatever it is they're spraying on us. Joseph Bender is truly a Renaissance man. He is interested in so many fields when it comes to science, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Joseph, to Freedom Junkie Radio. How are you doing? Good to see you and your gang. Yeah, it's so good to see you too. Joseph and I have met in person several times. We have mutual friends and uh, it's always so fun and interesting to have you around. He's so much fun with the kids. I know you're a father and a grandfather. And um, so I'm just really uh, excited to talk about the things we're going to talk about today. Um. I, I th- before we get to the the chemtrails, I guess that's what we have to call them. And I don't know if I'll be able to put this interview on YouTube. It's always seems like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on Rumble. It, it um it seems like the majority of my interviews lately have been things I have to go ahead and censor because they censor this information from the public. So um, before we get into the chemtrails and everything you've learned about it that you're going to share with us today. I'd like for you just to tell us a few things about water that people don't know and they should know. Water, probably, um, you know, uh, with the 170 IQ, I get bored really easy. And I'll, I'll look at a subject and I'll, after a while, like, oh, okay, that's what it's about. But when I started studying water, it's like an endless hallway with doors of more mystery, more mystery. And I can spend my entire life studying water and not understand it. It is, it is the food of the planet. It's the medicine of the planet. It's the life of the planet. We, we you know, can exist only three days without water. And uh, uh, so the only thing that's more important than water, of course, is our breath, because uh, we only go about three minutes without breath. And so once we learn how to breathe properly, the next thing we have to understand is how to work with water and understand it. You know, in ancient times, uh, every civilization would use their wisest spiritual elders to guard the well, Mm. the water source, because they understood that there was a spiritual connection to water. That's why the uh, Tibetans, uh, Buddhists, 
will chant over a big vat of water for days on end, and then they hand it out to the villagers and all of them get healed. So water is the ultimate information carrier from one kingdom to another, from the cosmic kingdom to the plant kingdom, to the animal kingdom, to the human kingdom. Water is always the mediator, the translator between those kingdoms. Wow. Uh, so you're familiar with the, the hidden meaning in water. What was his name? Uh, well, there was Victor Schauberger, uh, that uh, uh, there was the chaotic uh uh, theory. Um, there, there's, there's, there's about ten great scientists that have uh, unlocked some of the mystery of water. Well, there was the guy um, Matsu. He was a. Um, a oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He came and visited me years ago. Um, oh, you got uh, to meet him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, he, 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 he actually said, "You're the scientist. I'm just the guy that writes the books." Um, uh, uh, Japanese guy. Um, but, um, you know, we, the actual researcher, you know, he's kind of like the Edison and I, and I got to also meet the Tesla, the guy that really understood crystal, uh, formation of water and how you can capture its memory. And, and that, uh, person is called Lauren Zinye, uh, uh, someone that is what I call a genius because um, uh, his intellect and, and his intuition is exceeds mine. Well, I think, okay, so many things are coming to mind, but one of the things that's so exciting is that you just come out and say your IQ is 170 because one of the things we need to be doing as human beings is owning how amazing we are. We're all different and we're exactly. all precious amazing creatures of God. And, you know, we need to be, it, you, you didn't sound arrogant at all when you were like, you know, I have this really high IQ, so it's easy for me to get bored. And I'm so glad you owned that because I don't even know what my IQ is. I've never had an IQ test. I can't tell you. Um, I, I feel like, but I'm, I'm so honored to be speaking with someone who I, hopefully I'm not going to bore you, but anyway, <laughs> um, I don't think you'll get bored that quick. Um, it's, it was just really beautiful for you to own how precious you are in, in, as a creature of God on this planet, right. using what you've got, you've got the brains and you love to research stuff, which a lot of people don't. And, uh, so water, well, we've really screwed up our water. Haven't we? And yes. the most important thing on the planet, aside from our air, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute, obviously, you know, about breathing, you said we need to learn to breathe. I would imagine everyone should take a few deep breaths right now. Uh, yeah, I uh, heard an old guy, he was over 100 years old, and someone asked him, what was his secret to longevity? And he just did this. Mm. He just took a deep, deep breath. And there's really something to that. Most of us are breathing far too shallow. But this is not a podcast about breathing. And it's not even a podcast about water. But um, we've screwed up our water. Give us, Tell us a little bit about that and what we could do and what we should be doing and anything right. about our water that can help Well, people. the shift in the consciousness from going from water being the most sacred thing that we can come in contact with to what we dump our pollution in. That's how far we've shifted in consciousness. 
Um, you know, the word heaven in Hebrew is Eshmayim, which literally translates plasma water, water in its fourth state of matter, in its most excited state. And so heaven, our consciousness, the brain is made up of 93% water. And so if you, de if you take away the water from the brain, it's just this little flat little thing on the, in a pan. Um, so consciousness, uh, even the DNA, even when we look at the DNA strand, it's not the DNA that's so exciting. It's the water that surrounds the DNA that, for, that holds the DNA in place. Uh, when we're born, we have about 88% water uh, in our body. When we die, we have 65% water. So consciousness can only house in a living water host. When we get too dehydrated through aging, consciousness can't stay. And that's why it leaves the body because there's not enough structured water for consciousness to host itself. Interesting. So what, what, what kind of water should people be drinking? What's the best? Well, the, the best is actually um, water from uh, fruits and vegetables uh, that have structured the water properly and have the life force. So when you grow your own food, uh, you're connected to the, the soil, the, you know, the, the bacteria is the right uh, thing. Every, everything's working together. Um, that creates living water inside those cells. And if you don't ruin it by cooking it, um, you can, you can actually get the best water there. Otherwise, you know, um, the thing I first encourage people is don't drink pollution, uh, that has the homeopathic signatures of death and, and, uh, sickness. Um, you know, if I take, uh, any sample of tap water, I can find the 10 most prescribed pharmaceutical drugs in that water in a cocktail. And so um, you've got to physically remove the pollutants and then remove the energy signatures or the, the, the homeopathic signatures of the pollution to have a water that is life, that you can life give. You know, there's uh, three, five places in the world where people live over hundred years old, 150 years old, and they've looked at their diet and, you know, one group drinks alcohol, another group smokes, some are vegetarian, some are meat eaters. They're all different, but the one thing they all have in common is the water they drink. That it's a glacier melt water, highly charged, electrically charged. It's like batteries included. And so that, that would be the most living water you could drink. Well, so what about these systems people are using? Like I have a friend who sells Kangen water. What do you think of that? I do a whole two hour show on one radio network on the pluses and minuses of that technology. Okay. Um, so uh, if, if people are interested, if go to one radio network and I do several shows on water fasting, um, how, to, how to use, how to hydrate properly because most people don't hydrate properly. So even just drinking uh, a clean water and hydrating properly will radically change your health and, and allow you to uh, receive more of spirit, which is okay. the goal. Okay. So then two more questions, because obviously he's, you've done hours of interviews already on water that people can access, like you said, on one radio network. Yes. Yeah. Um, then 
what do you think about juicing? You said get your get your hydration from fruits and vegetables. Is juicing those vegetables good? Yes, that's why juicing is so powerful is that you eliminate the weak digestive process and, and you get the nutrients with the structured water. And it's the structured water that allows the nutrients to be absorbed. So when you drink the proper water, your vitamins, everything you're taking gets absorbed and uptaked where normally like if you take a thousand milligrams of, of vitamin C, uh, only one sixteenth of that actually gets into the body. The rest is dumped. And, but if you drink that a thousand milligrams with vitamin C with a structured water, uh, about 30% of it gets absorbed into the body. Okay. Then the next question is beer is obviously almost hundred percent water. What do you think of, uh, all the beer people are drinking. Is it okay? <laughs> um, the word spirits for alcohol, think of alcohol as water with, car with a carbon molecule attached to it. So it, it, it's, it's super wet. Um, it has a surface tension of, of 27 dimes per centimeter. It goes straight into the cell. That's why we feel it so quick. And it pushes uh, the water out of the cell. And so that's why most people that drink alcohol get dehydrated uh, more so than others. But as a delivery mechanism, uh, I use alcohol as a carrier for all sorts of herbs and uh, uh, nutrients. Uh, so it, it's a great delivery system. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, before uh, the pharmaceutical industry took over uh, medicine, uh, alcohol was one of the main carriers for most, most herbs. Oh, cause it gets just right in, right directly to your cells. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, Gatorade aside, because people, it's awful. Like my, um, my family, when they go get, you know, really work out hard, whatever they're doing outside, if they're playing tennis, I say they, I do it too, but they do it more than I do. And they'll get, so they'll take a giant jug. They were drinking Gatorade and I had to put an end to that. I'm like, there's artificial color, artificial uh, um, flavor and all that just nonsense, sugar, uh, high fructose corn syrup, whatever. It's just not good for you. They were after the electrolytes and they say they can really feel the electrolytes when they take them in after they've really been working out hard. And so we found another product called Noon. It is, um, it, it apparently gives you the electrolytes with a little bit of flavor, but not all the garbage. How, what do you think about electrolytes and the necessity for that after you've been working out? Right. One of the things that I do in one of my shows, it's, I think it's a two hour show on on proper hydration is you have to alternate between electrolytic water for extracellular hydration and pure water for intercellular hydration. And you go back and forth every time you drink, you switch between those two. And that creates a systolic pump that gets your interstitial water moving. And that's where cancer shows up is that water between the cells gets stagnant. And so you have to push it out by extracellular water exchange and intercellular water exchange. And once you do that, um, you start feeling the vibrancy of health that we, we were intended to have. Okay. That's interesting. Well, thanks for that information on water. I'm definitely going to go and find some of your other interviews that go into depth about uh, the importance of water and how to 
drink the best water and all of that. I want to go ahead and get into the chemtrails. I know that as a scientist, you've been doing research and digging into it. It's one of my pet projects. I feel very strongly about when I look up and see the spraying. And I know there's people who deny it and say, oh, that's normal. And I, I can't deny my own eyes. I'm 51 years old and I never, ever saw those as a child. I think the first time I ever saw them, I'm going to say it was about 10 years ago. I, it, I I could be wrong. I don't know how long it's been going on, but there was a big debate at the beginning uh, whether that was just, because I do remember seeing the, the contrails behind airplanes. So I, I don't, this isn't a discussion about whether or not it's happening. Um, I'm I can see it happening. And I know that there's been a lot of research done on what it is. And um, there's been some people who have gotten some of the canisters or some of the pilots that have, have come out and spoken. Um, just get going on what what is it? I mean, and, and I think what we need to do as people is figure out a way to work within the system and everything we need to change right now in the world, we have to work within the system we have to change it. And we need to come up with a new system to change it both simultaneously and see what sticks. And so anyone anywhere that can try to get legislation going in county or state where the, this should be something we get to vote on whether we want to be sprayed with something or not. It's a big, whoever's doing it is uh has a lot of money and power. So I don't know, it's going to be a difficult uh, yes. problem to solve, I think. But um, tell us what we're up against. Okay, well, first of all, um, to understand chemtrails, you have to understand comtrails. So if you go to Google and put in chemtrails, 90% of the first several pages of Google will tell you there is no such thing as chemtrails. They're calm trails. So why is the media and social media so desperate to tell us that there is no chemtrails? And, and of course, a calm trail is very easily distinguished by when a jet flies through a colder atmosphere, it makes condensation. But immediately, within minutes, that condensation disappears. And that's what a a, a contrail is, and that's what all these people that try to discredit chemtrails say, oh, it's just that. Well, the difference is a chemtrail continues to stay and spread out, getting wider and the more hazier uh, in the clouds. And you'll see the streaks going back and forth, and they, they do it in a certain pattern, and, and then that's to spread um, that so the sad part is that this is not a federal thing this is is a multinational this comes from the heart of the globalists uh, they control uh, chemtrail spreading now if you go to the CIA's air air website they brag about how they're the number one people in weather manipulation. And initially, 
what happened was with these planes was the CIA was, okay, if we spread barium and aluminum in this area, how will that affect the weather? And they started charting all these different mapping the effects of spraying in the sky to, until they came up with a model where they can control the weather to, to a certain extent. And so, um, uh, you know, uh, we were so happy when during the Trump uh, administration years that chemtrails had somehow stopped. We couldn't see them in the sky uh, in our area. I, okay, that's interesting. I, I've noticed weeks at a time, it seems, when I don't, like I'm looking into the sky right now and it is just gloriously clear. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know, I didn't recognize that. We, we regularly uh, go out and look at the sky a couple times a day to, to see, because if there's a heavy chemtrail, what, what we want to do is stay indoors. Mm -hmm. um, so that we don't get uh, heavy exposure to it because we're outdoors people. So uh, that's how we know, should we go to the river or not? Let's look up and see what's, <laughs> what they're spraying. Um, so um, I have a, a, a friend that's a doctor who um, was, lost his medical license because he was, you know, getting away from the, the uh, uh, Rockefeller pharmaceuticals that are killing most Americans, and he started healing his family and then healing others. And, um, and one day uh, he heard that the, one of these planes was landed at Dallas Love Field. And so he used his doctor credentials to get through the front gate and actually came up and swiped the um, back of one of these spray nozzles uh, on, on a chemtrail plane, took it, uh, back to the lab and analyzed and it found eight different types of uh, viruses that had been seeded in, in the, the chemical spray. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting topic as well. There's um, so I, beyond the heavy metals, they're also seeding us with viruses and, and, and bacterias that carry the virus um, to try to deliver that, um, to uh, uh, what what what's on on the surface? <laughs> okay, you said something. It was when we were you were saying about the global. It's a, it, that it's a global. Oh, I know. With the weather manipulation, if weather manipulation, this just came to me the other day. If weather manipulation is a real thing, which they can do, and it's a good thing then why is there drought? Why are we experiencing a drought in Texas? If they can make it rain, why don't they bring us a little rain? It's as if the question is, is it only for nefarious purposes? If it actually is a thing, which apparently it is, I mean, they, they've talked about it. It's the cloud seeding, it's the weather modification program. Well, bring us some rain. <laughs> or is it that you want us to suffer? You want our cows to die, you want our crops to, to perish, uh, it obviously is a thing that is meant to harm us because- well, yeah, let, let's, um, you know, the Bible, um, I'm Jewish, uh, a, a Kabbalistic Jew um, by my faith. And so the Bible clearly says that he controls the rains and the seasons. 
and 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 as humanity responds to their god-given stewardship we we embrace the freedoms and and cultivate the land and love love what we're supposed to love then the rains will fall in their right season and the earth will be flourish these people the globalists that control um the spraying believe they are gods that they, they hate the living god so they they everything that god wants to do they try to imitate okay and and weather control is one of their sandboxes that they like to play in they still don't have mastery over it but but they can influence it and so yes they uh, where there's a drought in one area because they can't really control it there's a flood flooding in another area um so so they can manipulate it um they're trying to get their grubby fingers into god's business basically that that responds to consciousness so uh our god-given consciousness is what shifts ultimately the weather and as we uh, as as uh, uh freedom junkie uh citizens claim our citizenship and start owning what we're supposed to do we can actually influence the weather ourselves but re remember this is not it's it started as weather manipulation but now the globalists the un uh, uh groups control the pilots and when you uh talk uh listen to get an interview of one of these pilots what they're told first of all they they move them around every uh, few months they move them to a new area they make sure that they're single and not married and have a family and they they don't want them to build relationships anywhere so they really pay them well they're pilots and they're told all sorts of crazy stories. One of, a, one of the crazy stories one of the pilots shared was he was told that they're spraying to prevent aliens from attacking the earth, that they're creating a shield and they're saving the planet. And others are told that they're spraying uh, for weather manipulation. Others are told. So they, the pilots themselves don't really know what they're doing. They're just, you know, here's the flight pattern for today um they get clearance at, at the federal level um because uh the feds control the aviation industry and that's why we have tsa and all that kind of garbage um and so they get permission to fly in these areas to do their spraying and they don't really know what they're spraying and so it's 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 the mastermind globalists that say okay you know we've got too many Republicans in this area. Let's, let's increase the uh, uh, virus loads in this, in this tanker. Um, uh, we've got uh, a problem with uh, too many crops growing in this area. Let's increase the aluminum and, 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 and prevent a drought here. Uh, so they're constantly trying to manipulate the globe through this spring and, and it has several purposes. Okay. Well, what are the the effects of it? Uh, it's I think it's killing crops and and causing drought. We're having weather issues. It's it's ultimately looks like a, a a genocide of sorts that it's trying. But it's it's we're all endangered species. It seems like from it. 
what what other effects are there? Well, uh, for for us that have gardens, we need to understand that this is even affecting our good homegrown organic vegetables that we're trying to uh, have. And that's why uh, if if you're able to put a pla the plastic sheets over the areas that are growing, it can catch about 90% of the fallout uh, that affects your crops. And then by um, uh, having the right, um, you know, mycelium and, and, and pro uh, the right bacteria in the soils, you can um, uh, request, um, take out a lot of the issues Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we, it's just causing us to be more vigilant stewards to really up our game in how to grow things and how to, um, um, you know, even buying, uh, organic vegetables, uh, from whole foods or some place like that, uh, has its problems because most of those things are picked really green and the protein layers on them are undigestible. And so people that are like pure uh, vegans are getting sick all the time because they're eating this organic food that's undigestible to their system and it's, it's not breaking down and doing what they think it's doing. So um, ultimately we all have to be, take ownership and start growing our own food and, and that be the balance of our, our diet. And then the other extraneous things that we have to get I one time got where I was growing 80% of my food in my basement in Chicago. Oh, cool. Well, you know, and the other thing people can do is just source locally. If they just can't, they don't have the time, they don't have the space, they don't have the resources to grow their own food. If it's grown locally, it's going to have stayed on the vine longer, obviously, than if right, it's right, back right. then. So go to your farmer's markets and support anyone who's growing food in your area. So if people like me who want to change this, Aside from going outside and praying it all away, I know uh, know a woman who does that. She'll go out and she knows how to make the chemtrails disappear. Um, uh, you said it was a global thing. What what is it that? How do you go up against this when we don't even know who it is? We don't know. So, you know, what if we got legislation passed locally that said, all right, without the consent of the governed, without the consent of the people being sprayed, they can't be sprayed. Same thing should go for 5G. None of us voted for for this technology to be unleashed upon us. Um, if, if we were to pass that legislation, how do you police the skies? Right, right. You, and, and that's why they've taken control at that level is that they, they are basically have gone over our government, basically. Um, and, and, you know, the whole goal of the thing is to have this one world government, this, this unelected bureaucracy that controls everything. And that's one of the major inroads that they've made, I think, what we don't realize is the incredible power and potential we have as sacred humans. And when we, when we learn how to 
move things in the unseen realms, that's that's our weapon against this enemy. Um, because ultimately they get their marching orders from uh, uh, demonic entities, you know, uh, whether you believe in reptilians or, you know, all the, there's several theories going around, but it's all the same story, just uh, with different cultural overlays. Um, uh, so our work is, is to stand, you know, to, loving our children affects the skies. Uh, being a, a, a sacred human, doing what's right and noble and, and, and taking ownership uh, of who we are. And like you shared, you know, uh, I, I wanted to share an example. There was this lady I knew whose heart intelligence was in the genius levels. Her mental intelligence was very low, but I recognize she had such a gift to humanity and we're all geniuses in some level and 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 that genius just needs to be unlocked and to give back to the world wherever that is so it all is about going within loving yourself knowing that you're worthy all of that stuff that people are working on right now choosing the right um and noble like you said noble um of you know, we have this innate uh, in, intuition that you know when something's right or wrong. You know. Sometimes there's a question and, you, and you're not 100% sure, but um, for the most part, you know, it's like, should I go down this street or this street? Well, you may have an inkling and, and do which at what your intuition tells you. But I think humanity, that all of this that they're putting upon us is backfiring and everything in so many ways, I see it always backfiring on them because what's happening is that, you know, the internet's been used for such evil purposes, but also people have learned all of this esoteric knowledge that we are creating, every one of us is individually um, responsible for creating our own world around us. And we've always thought, oh, look what's happening to me. We've been put in a victim mentality by in every way. I just had this thought yesterday. All of our institutions that have been taken over, we've been put into a bondage mindset instead of a liberty mindset. That's what I'm studying right now with Dr. Marlene um, McMillan. And so uh, a bondage mindset, like when you think of our school system, Right. You are, you, you must learn these exact facts and the better, the, the better you learn them, the better you do. And if you don't, you fail and you're bad and you you're put into, okay, well, I have to do what I'm told. That's what schooling is. Right. Do what you're told. Then <laughs> um, the most of the jobs people get our, the way that our, the pharmaceutical um, industry took over medicine, instead of having an intuit an intuition about your medicine or anything, it's you are the sick person and we will take care of you. You can't do it. Look at the birth industry. Mothers are told, you know, they used to give them the, the you, you, they still do, I guess. I mean, I did home birth and, and my, I was gonna say they, they knock you out basically and, and deliver your baby for you. You are totally disempowered. Whereas the home birth um, revolution, the, the midwife stands there and goes, honey, I'm, I'm not delivering your baby. 
you are. <laughs> and it's it's so empowering. So these two schools, we and so many people by feeling so disempowered, working in a cubicle at a job they do not want. How did I end up here? You know, why am I doing this? And um, and a lot of people get um totally exasperated. What's the word in French? Désespoir, when you have um hopeless, just total hopelessness. And it's been consciously just pounded into us. And um, people are breaking free. They're recognizing, Mm -hmm. I don't want this. This is not, humanity was not intended to be in bondage. We were intended to have liberty and it's God given. In our Declaration of Independence, they they specifically stated that it's the laws of nature and nature's God, where we derive our freedom, our liberty and our rights. And so people are learning this and waking up and, and it's, getting back to where I got off from, which was that we have the power. We really do. And so what specifically can we do to use our power, both in the spiritual realm and in this 3D world of action, where when we take action, it's so powerful, both of those things in tandem, what can we do? to stop this destruction of the air we breathe and the what what's happening these this layer of chemical crap viruses whatever it is they're spraying what can we do the um you know uh, years ago i i w- was woken up in the middle of the night and a voice within said get in the car and I'm like, oh boy, did I just imagine that? Got in my car, drive down this road, turn left here. Did I just imagine that? Turn right here, turn left here. And I'm I'm fighting this with, with my logic, with my, you know, the mind that says that this intuition is, is just a, a fantasy. Uh, you know, I, I ate too much pizza the night before I went to sleep or something. And finally, I... I, I almost turned around several times and finally it said, stop here at the end of this alley is a man ready to commit suicide. Give him hope. So when I walked up and saw that guy depressed sitting there by a trash can, I said, God has sent me here to give you hope. Your life is worth something. So I understood that no matter how ridiculous intuition sounds like, that if we if we just learn how to be obedient to that inner voice, we get transformed and we transform society. And, you know, my uh, wife uh, is listening to all these, uh, there's uh, these channels uh, where people have near-death experiences. Every one of them, no matter what their background or theological base was or or where they were in culture, whether they agnostic or even atheist, um, once they left their body, they experienced unconditional love of the universe, of God. And they came back transformed, wanting to serve humanity. That was that was universal across every, you know, there were some different stories and, you know, stuff that was different from the other stories. Um, but 
they all experienced life. And, and the more we adhere and, and embrace life, the more it has a transformative power beyond what we see with our physical eyes. It affects cultures. It affects, you know, uh, I, I, I was led last year to go to the um, professors, uh, the president of the university in San Marcos's home. And I felt this oppression, this, this, this dark energy just seeding over that place. So I would just every, every time God sent me, I would walk back and forth in front of that house and pray and say, God, just have mercy. Bring your light. Well, I found out uh, recently that she that that president is no longer and in its place is a godly man. And they tore down the house, completely tore it down to the ground. And he's he lives in another house. Uh, somewhere else. So here I was a nobody. And yet I changed the environment of a college campus by being sensitive to, to the intuition and doing what, what little I could do, which wasn't much. Oh, but you don't know. And for you to say you're just a nobody, that's hilarious because we're all such powerful beings. And I know you know that, you know, Joseph, your story just now about the, the suicidal man, I had an extraordinarily similar experience just less than two weeks ago. Wow. I, when I'm in the bathtub, sometimes there I have, the, that's where I get my best information, my best messages. And I have even started something called bathtub downloads, which is <laughs> I'm sharing it with people because sometimes it's so that kind of thing I can share. This wasn't anything to share, but I was in the bathtub deep in meditation and uh, a voice, not a voice. I, I just had the thought um, to text this woman that I know that I don't know very well. Um, I've known her, we, we've kept in touch just a little bit throughout about the last four or five years. It's an interesting story how I met her randomly in the woods. And she was, uh, the first thing she said to me was that she was five years um, free from the, uh, the spirit of alcohol. And she used that term. And I, at the time was, I wanted to get, I was, would have given anything to figure out how to quit drinking. I couldn't figure it out. And that's part of my story now. And I'm going to share that with the world soon. But so I'm three years without alcohol and it's the best thing ever. I mean, it, it so anyway, um, I kept in touch with her because it was such an interesting meeting we had. And she's such an interesting person. And I, um, in the bathtub the other night, I mean, I hadn't contacted her in months and months. We and we really don't ever see each other. I, and I know she lives nearby. But anyway, I uh, it said, text this woman. And I thought, can't I just wait? I'm in the bathtub. This is a little weird. I'd have to reach over and, and dry off my hands and text her in the middle of my bath. And I said, I, I can do it later. Well, I have a, we have a dear friend who committed suicide last year. And um I felt his energy and I just, it, it was like, you need to do it. And I thought, why mm. can't I wait? And it was, um, well, if you wait, you might forget, you need to text her now. And so I texted her this little, I've randomly picked this little meme. I don't know what she's into. I don't know what she likes. I don't know anything about her really. And it was a little meme that was a little stick figure and he was holding up a broken heart and to the sky. And he said, it, 
um, it ain't much, but it's all I got. And then mm. there's the voice from the sky that says, it's all I ever wanted. <laughs> and I texted her that. And instantly she got back to me and said, you don't know how much I needed this. And then she waited about 15 minutes and texted me again and said, I was considering ending it tonight. Mm. And now we've been in contact and, and I, I'm, it, honestly, it's too much on my mind. I feel like I'm not responsible for whether she lives or dies. That's not, that's not, I can't, I don't have that kind of bandwidth, um, but I'm doing what I can to, to make her know that she's, that's what, that was my message to her. We, mm. I actually saw her after that, made an effort to go see her. And I gave her a copy of my book, Take Life by the Horns, and just said, you are needed now. God's army is being drawn together and, and you're needed. So, um, I, you and I obviously trust our intuition, um, implicitly, even though you're a scientist. And I think that's really interesting. The, um, heart of a poet and the mind of a scientist. There's a song I'm going to send you, uh, that has those words in it. A band I used to play with back in North Carolina called Jenny, any kind. And uh, they did a great song. Um, you don't have to reconcile the scientific mind with the spiritual heart, or do you? What what my process is to use both is I literally go to a body of water and project my consciousness in the water, and then after a, a meditation time, I retrieve it, and I get all these insights. Then I go into the lab. And I try to prove these insights. So it, it, it's, it's the right and left brain. Our mind is a gift, not, not to rule us, but to be a, as a tool for our spirit to actualize in this 3D reality, heaven on earth. That's, that's the goal is, you know, um, so we have these uh, faith, hope, and love are our three pillars that we establish uh, on a spiritual thing, but then we have to physically do something, whether it's in the political realm, in the entertainment realm, in the uh, scientific realm, whatever stewardship we've been given to actualize what that, that spiritual foundation is, is, is tinging us. And, and mine is to make products you know, I work with companies and make, you know, like an anti-anxiety drink and a, a, a this drink. And, and, and by structuring the water molecules, I can deliver to intercellular, extracellular, intracellular um, systems uh, and accelerate the process. Uh, years ago, I made a, a, a drink. <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. It was called Sober Me Up. And if a person was stone drunk, they could drink this drink. And within uh, 15 to 20 minutes, they were completely sober. And I thought, this is going to save lives. What I discovered the hard way uh, after we're doing some uh, live experiments, it worked. It's just that most alcoholics have an imbalance in their pancreas and adrenals that that that's why they're craving the alcohol and so what happens is 
um, the uh, ADLH, the alcohol converts to sugar over time. And I was accelerating that process. And what happened was they would go into a sugar crash. And so we sent someone to the hospital um, and I realized the, the formula worked, but it, it, that what I needed to work on was healing their pancreas and adrenals. And so there's hope for anybody that, that is addicted to alcohol uh, to heal those organs so that the body no longer craves that. You know, what happens is when uh, all that sugar rushes into the body, then they get depressed and bridge drinking or by bringing alcohol level back and starting the process over, they don't feel the, the negative effects of that sugar. Um, and so, so now I've focused on, hey, let me heal their pancreas and adrenals first, and then they don't need this, they don't have this craving for the, the addiction of alcohol. Okay. So I saw that you were, I'm, I'm interested in the, we're, I'm actually creating a non-alcoholic beverage right now with a friend. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit later. Um, that's not really for this show, but I'm uh, curious when we're ready to launch, I'll talk to you all about it. Um, what beverages are you talking about? Do, is there a brand that people? Uh, look uh, well, I, what I recommend for anybody that uh, first of all is stuck in that loop of alcohol, I recommend, I, I created a beverage, um, uh, a kava lemonade um, and the square root kava has it. It doesn't have that nasty, dirty taste. It's a, 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 you know, a lemonade drink that they can drink and get the same effects as alcohol without the messing up their adrenals and pancreas. So if they have this need, they can feel socially lubricated and relaxed. Um, but it, at the same time, it mentally stimulates them. So they're like, oh, I get my my buzz without uh, sacrificing my body. Interesting. And then and you don't have to drink much of it, just one or two? No, or actually, the more you drink, the less you need. Um, so, it, it you know, once the first time you drink it, you might need a little more. The second time, less. Second time, third time, less. Um, opposite of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so where can people get this product? Um, there's a, a in-town square root uh, kava. Okay. Um, they have a couple bars and they should carry it there. It used to be carried when I was involved in the project at several convenience stores and, and health, you know, like markets. The, okay. the so. so the Austin area is where people can get it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, everybody else. Um, uh, well, so I think what I'm getting to, I wanted to talk about what people can do about the chemtrails because we're all done with it. You know, we don't, right. we didn't, we didn't sign up for this. Right. And so we, we, aside from going and getting giant petitions of citizens that are, um, against this spraying and and getting our our governing officials which i just have very little faith in these days to do anything about it um aside from doing anything like that i mean this is we're up against this unknown enemy you know right. being sprayed like bugs 
Right. And, you know, bugs can't do anything about it. When you go after right. a wasp's nest, there's nothing they can do. Um, and there's no amount of intuiting and, and doing and becoming spiritual that that's not going to help them. Well, and, well it, it does, though. See, see, that's what we don't understand is this battle is a, against light and dark. It's against the forces of evil that all have a chain of command uh, that we can influence um, at, a, at a spiritual level. At a personal level, I put plastic over, uh, yeah. over my garden and uh, I help wake up other people to the awareness that this is, see, that's a chem contrail and see how it disappears. But look over here. Notice how this is getting hazier. What is that? And get people to wake up to think about and and so um uh, you're, you're familiar with the hundredth monkey principle i don't remember it it sounds familiar. okay okay so there was this study in uh, I, these islands off of japan where there was this uh, group of monkeys and one young monkey learned that if they knock the fruit off the tree and it drops in the sand they could take the sand to the ocean and wash it off and the fruit would taste a lot better without all the sand embedded in it. Oh, and everyone, all the other monkeys learned to do it. Yeah, so they taught the their parents, the parents taught, and once, this is the amazing thing, once the hundredth monkey, you know, the whole tribe of monkeys learned it, on other islands not connected, they all started washing their fruit. So there is a, con we are more connected than we realize and we, we can influence, yes, yes, we can influence the field. And when enough of us influence the field, there's a shift that takes place. And so that's why personal responsibility is so critical. We just, we forget how at war we really are. And so every time I see a, a chemtrail in the sky, I start doing spiritual work, knowing that I'm in a battle for the very soul of, of humanity. Well, perfect. I, this, that's so exciting to know because we are, I mean, I swear we've got to be up at like 90, 91, 92 monkeys. I mean, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, uh, you know, I, I recognize that with the, with humanity being so large, it's probably a, um, collective consciousness that we're talking about and a certain percentage has to get there before it clicks on and it spreads yeah right. like wildfire That's really fascinating so it's just fascinating to me how this is the, my third interview in a row that i can't post on youtube for <laughs> censorship reasons and that ended up in the spiritual realm this is where they're all, where we're all headed, whether we were talking about activism or we were talking about juice cleanse and parasite cleanse, or whether we're talking about chemtrails, it all ends up back in the spiritual, back in taking responsibility for yourself, owning your everything, taking everything back into your own hands, connecting to the divine, whatever that is for you, and learning to trust that. It has been taken from us, whether, you know, all of the religions have been poo-pooed over the last hundred years. So many people have stopped um, 
partaking in the religion of their grandparents, uh, me included. I um, I am of the Michael Franti uh, brigade that that I, he just said that God's too big for just one religion. And I believe that. I think that there are beautiful parts of religions and then there's horrible parts of religions. And um, that's a whole other discussion to have another time. But um, I'm very spiritual. And I always have been my whole life. However, there's been dips. There's been times when I didn't feel connected at all. Um, And that was part of the reason I knew I needed to let alcohol go because I didn't have control over my own, you know, what I, you know, come the evening time, it was margaritas and wine and that, that had control over me. I couldn't control it. And so I just... It just seems that there is a spiritual revolution taking place. And I know that we're in the age of Aquarius and I know people have been expecting this. And I know there's a lot of people who take that to an extreme and then sound a little nutty. And so, <laughs> um, um, but that's okay. Cause it, each of us is totally individual when it comes to everything in our lives. But so to quit looking at the crowd and go within step away from the crowd and the mainstream and, and go within and just ask, pray. Uh, my mom used to have a little dish on, on above the sink that said a stranger to prayer is a stranger to power. Mm. And it doesn't matter what religion you're talking about. And for people who've been convinced that there is no God and um, go within and think what, cre- what created all of this? And have you ever had an intuitive moment that was spot on? Or have you ever had um, a-, a communication with someone where you woke up at the very time, I, I woke up at the very time my-, my grandfather died when I was 13 years old and I had, a- I was in a, um, I would call it an out-of-body experience. I was at summer Mm -hmm. camp. I was 13 years old. I was in a fetal position and I could not move my body. It felt like I was dead. It was extremely peaceful, not scary at all. My arms and legs were lead. I could not move. And uh, I had been dreaming about my grandfather. And when the alarm went off in the camp cabin, about 10 minutes later, I, people started milling around and hair dryers started going and I eventually got the feeling back in my body. And I knew that the alarm went off in the cabin at seven. I never had gotten up before the alarm before. Then I found out later that day that my grandfather had died right about uh, Mm. a little before seven. And, and so he had come to visit me. I've had these spiritual experiences that can't be explained, you know, even when we have them with each other, like when you had that voice come to you and say, go do this. How is that explainable except that there is something greater than we are? And it's scary in a way for people who who don't want to to go there. You know, it's like, well, try it out. Go there. You know, we're we don't know the meaning of life. We're we're all here blind as can be together and trying to make our way through. Yeah, the uh, opposite of faith, hope, and love is bitterness, moral impurity, and um, uh, materialism. So materialism, hope is reaching out for something that we haven't yet obtained. Mm 
with with the, with the the realization and promise that it, it's coming to us, whereas materialism is grabbing on to the physical something that's uh, temporal that we can hold on to. Um, uh, love is to selfishly serve others um, and give our hearts to others, whereas uh, moral impurity is is lust. It's grabbing. It's it's taking. It's robbing uh, soul essence from another person for our own self-pleasure. Um, uh, bitterness is the opposite of faith. Faith is, is, is believing that there's something more possible, whereas bitterness is holding on to a broken uh, part of ourselves, to a, a trauma or a, 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 some, some betrayal. And, and letting that direct our lives. So we can, we'll let faith direct our lives or we can let bitterness direct our lives. And there's, there's it's always one or the other um, because we were built human for those three areas, whether they're the counterfeit reality or the, re, the spiritual reality. And so anybody that says this is weird stuff, then the question I have for them is, what are you addicted to? What, 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 what drives you? And, and, and all of a sudden they realize that they're not the master of their own body, that they're, they have to anesthetize it with drugs or, or alcohol or, 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 or uh, shallow relationships or whatever the, the thing is, they're, they're, tr they're desperately trying, we're all desperately trying to know God whether it's the counterfeit or the real thing. Uh, I love, I love that. So just dovetailing into, to something we can end on here is the, a topic that is really something I want to start talking about. And it's because I, I wrote a little piece. I haven't published it yet, but it's, it was called the grasshopper and the ant because of Aesop's fable of that title, which is um, the, I'm sure everyone knows it, the, it was summertime and the ant was being industrious and working really hard and putting away food for the winter. And the grasshopper was just playing his fiddle and singing and said, oh, it'll be fine. You know, we're, we'll be fine. I just want to sing and play. And he kept trying to get the ant to come, you know, stop working so hard and come sing and play with me. And the ant said, no, I, this is what I've got to do. And well, the winter came and the grasshopper began to starve and he knocked on the ant's door and the ant said, sorry, dude. I warned you, know, I worked hard for this. You didn't go away. And the ant thrived and the grasshopper, I'm assuming perished. So I, these days right now, I have all these people that I love so much and they fall into different camps. And so I follow some and, and enjoy these people who are creating the new earth by imagining what it could be, because it doesn't have to be what it's been. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Just, right? just because it's always been this way, just because we've always had government, you know, um, oh, what's that lawyer's name who uh, Thomas Renz, he says the biggest scam ever pulled over on on humanity is government. We just yeah. buy it. We're like, OK, I guess we have to have that. Even in the Declaration of Independence, which I've been studying, right. says, uh, you know, government's uh even though we, we just have to have them basically. Uh, right. Well, even the, even the definition of government means ruling over the mind. That's if, if you look at the root words, gov rule, meant my mental. Okay. Ruling, okay. Ru, ruling the mental. 
Okay. So as opposed to governance, which is what we seek. So, right. And, and, and so, and can we self-govern and all of these wonderful um, ideas that people are having and how can we create new systems? Are our medical systems broken? Are broken? Our banking systems broken? Our government system, our education system, they're all broken. How can we imagine something better and new? And that's wonderful. And I, and I think that's important. Um, but, but some of the people in that camp feel like since what since we create what we think about, and I know that that's true, we really can't think about what they're trying to get us to think about. And I get that, you know, like whatever they're feeding us, when you know, look at the, what, look at this hand, oh, you should have been looking at this one, right? You know, and so whatever they're feeding us on the news or whatever, which I don't pay attention to, but it trickles down to me, you know, I know there's some war going on in, in Russia and Ukraine, and it's probably just a big distraction from what's really going on. Um, so, uh, but in order to, then you have like, uh, I've been listening to Mark Passio lately, and he's just amazing. And he's all about taking action. You, we, we are in this 3D world. And so working within the world we have, um, knowing about the esoteric ways, and they know that our thoughts are the most powerful things we have, our thoughts, and then our words and our deeds. A thought becomes a word, becomes a deed. It's the 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 process of creation as a human. So, straddling these two worlds of the spiritual, mental, spiritual creation, heart level, making the chemtrails go away by upping your spiritual, um, just leveling up, you know. Um, but then also saying, I see what's going on over here in my real world and I want to do something about it. Where, where that, do you fall in there? Yeah, yeah. The, wherever we can. I mean, I vote, I, I, I participate. I was an election judge. I was a precinct chairman, uh, you know, so, so I, I'm in the nitty gritty also, but that only works in conjunction with the other. Okay. So, so if you try to do it at a physical level without the spiritual, it really doesn't create change. But if you have both of them united, uh, a, a great example of this is uh, anthropologists in South America uh, started going through all these indigenous tribes. And contrary to the romanticists of Hollywood, these tribes are very selfish uh, they're, they're, you know, one family's starving, the next family's got rotten meat, um, uh, they're warring against each other, you know, it's not, it's not this beautiful connection to nature like we were, were led to believe. But then they went into this one tribe that was just the harmony and the peace in this tribe was like, whoa, why is this so different? So what they did, so they took some time to examine what was radically different about this one tribe. And what would happen is if someone did something wrong, they, they stole or they were mean or whatever, the, whatever the, the, the offense was that we as humans know that this isn't right. Instead of making a bunch of rules and enforcing them, which is government, 
they put that person in the center of the tribe, starting with the youngest circling around them, and then older, and then the elders on the outside of the circle. They started to say, you know, you showed me love when you did this. You showed me kindness. when, you, And they spoke praises for hours and hours on end. They spoke to the worth of that individual. They never spoke of the offense. And then they just dismissed. And that person goes, I am worth something. I am connected. Why would I want to do a wrong thing again? And so that is, you know, that's the definition of a cancer cell. A cancer cell is a human cell that lost communication with the cells around it and becomes what we call angioplastic. It starts eating other cells because it doesn't know that they are marvelously woven and connected to the whole body. And so our job is to wake people up to their connection. And by doing that, by affirming what they really are, they, they put aside all that garbage and, and we transform society. I've never heard that story. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, what we do is you commit a crime and we put you away, call you bad and, and you're a felon forever. And, you know, there are crimes that are almost inexcusable. Um, so it would be hard, I think. But but we use we use punishment as a, a form of deterring crime, you know. Right. Um, well, did you hear about the Apano uh, Apano story? No. There was a psychologist that was put in the criminally insane uh, ward of a uh, of a prison. So these are the worst of the worst, the just the mentally disturbed. And, and what he discovered was the, the workers at there would, you know, they couldn't handle it. The energy was so low and, and, and gross and earthly because of these people that they would quit their jobs after a short season. So what he started to do was he would pull up the file on this criminally insane person. And they would, he would say, you know, I, I find that in me that wrong in me. I forgive myself for that. I, I, I'm thankful. And he went into gratefulness for the transformation in his own life. And all of a sudden, without even contacting that person, they started transforming. And they actually had to shut down the ward because there was so few criminally insane people after this guy started doing this healing work on all of them. Wow. The amount of change we can have when we change ourselves. Us, and, and, and accept that that dirty part of humanity is in us. And we, by us. Like it. That's why, that's why it makes us feel ah, when we think about it. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. This is, so again, it turns to we have the power. It's all within us, each and every one of us, and how important and precious we are. Amen. So I guess go out into the world and 
find know, your and shine your light. What? Know that you can change the world. No matter how small the lie has been sold to you, that you are nothing, that is a lie that you need to defeat with your brilliance, with your beauty, with your life force. Oh, I'm so happy to have connected with you. Joseph, this has been amazing. I had no idea where we were going to go. I knew we'd talk about water and chemtrails and uh, how wonderful it's been. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave Freedom Junkies with before we end it? Just uh, to know that um, uh, paying attention to cleaning up your body is the first step in, in this regaining the soul, um, you know, fasting and juice fasting and all these things are such powerful tools. We have so many powerful tools and they're out there and they're out there even on this channel. So um, uh, go back and, and, and if it hasn't impacted you the first time, re-listen to the thing on juice fasting until it becomes a part of your reality. I'm just about to do it. I'm just about to jump into the juice fast. I've done the master cleanse before, which is hard. I did a 10 day yeah. cleanse and I haven't been able to get past a two day water fast. I've tried that. Um, so I'm, I'm learning how to, uh, I, I do do a whole show on water fasting. And I, I believe that's one of the most powerful tools we have available to heal our bodies because after three days of water fasting, the body says, I'm not going to get energy. So I'm going to start digesting the fat and I'm going to start producing stem cells to heal anything that's using too much energy. So the body goes into a self-healing mode after three days of water fasting. And I go into a great detail of how to do that. Okay. And, Where is that and how, to, how to prepare for it. And, where, where is that available? Is that on the one? Yeah. Freedom Junkie Radio. I mean, uh, uh, one, one radio network. One radio network. And if we go on there and just look up jo Joseph Bender. Water fasting. Water fasting. Um, how many days do you recommend on the water fast? Well, it depends upon the fat content in your body. So anywhere from um, after three, like I say, it has to be after three days um, uh, up to uh, I've done 40 day fasts. Um, I've done several 21 day fasts. Uh, now that I'm much older, I do usually 14 day fasts. Wow. And I know those first few days are the hardest. Uh, the, all, all, because our, we're so mentally, emotionally conditioned to eating. And so that's when we regain our will power to, to change life. And, and so see it as an exercising the muscle of your will over the default of your desires of, of wanting to feed yourself. And, and the stronger that will muscle exercises, the more you can accomplish in this world uh, of putting your, because once I focus on something, it happens. And, and, and that's because I've strengthened my will through meditation and fasting. Okay. So this is where I would normally have ended. I, I felt like I felt a natural end coming to the podcast. And that's normally what I do, whether it's been 40 minutes or an hour and 40 minutes, usually they're about an hour and I feel an end, but I have another question for you. <laughs> what about mental illness and what can we do about it? it um, 
if, if someone, you know, I've, I've been thinking about suicide lately and not me personally, but I've been con contemplating it, not committing it, but I've just been thinking about when people are suicidal and I've heard that there's a voice that tells them, and it's kind of other, it's this, it comes and goes and tells them to go do that. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to my friend, um, last year. And, um, what do you know about mental illness? Because if you're there, what can you do? Well, there, there's always a trauma that the voice came in on. So you have to go through their timeline and he, and and have them uh, with the help of 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 the spirit uh, of consciousness and God. We we find out where the trauma is, and then uh, we forgiveness or whatever tool is needed to heal that trauma. And then the voice goes away. Okay, sweet. Um, okay. I, 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 I wish I had like 500 questions for you because you just like, bam, bam, the answers are awesome. Um, well, I asked you where we would, oh yes, yes, where, where we would leave it. And um, I don't even remember what you said, probably something about, where, where, where would you leave us? Uh, keep listening to Freedom Junkie Radio. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Um, Freedom Junkies, we'll have to sign off and say ciao for now. Thanks so much for listening. Please share these interviews with anyone that you think might benefit from them. If you want to follow me and what I post, I'm on Telegram. You can find Freedom Junkie Radio on Telegram. It's still free speech over there. I do have uh, Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, but I'm never on those. I, I just not anymore. How can people find you, Joseph? Uh, unfortunately, I've been deplatformed in most places. Um, so, um, uh, but if anybody that has a question, I, I love to help people uh, with whatever they're struggling with. I, I ask them first to listen to the radio shows if it's a subject, you know, instead of asking me a question and having me to rewrite. But my uh, email is Y-O-S-E-F, Yosef. N as in Nancy Bender at gmail.com. And, and I will always try to answer people's questions and help them uh, in, in their life process. Well, that's so nice. I know you're also on the Freedom Junkie Radio chat on uh, Telegram. So if someone chimed in there, I also read all of those too. So if someone chimed in there and had a question for you, I could make sure you get it. I think that's really interesting that you just gave your email out to the public that doesn't I love help. You. I love helping people. And, and even, even sometimes someone will write me like five times and I go, you know, I do consult. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it's never about money. It's always about a serving spirit. And, and when that happens, God pro provides miraculously. Wow. Joseph, thank you so much for being here. It was great to be with you. Till we meet again. Thank you. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king.